head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 255 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Carol Baskin of Irish MMA Media, Graham MacDonald, as we talk about... Um... A very low-key week in the world of MMA, but we'll uh, we'll have a bit of chat anyway. We'll see what's going on. We'll uh, we'll look back at a few things. We look forward to a few things. Sure, we we can pretend that the the pay per view's gone ahead and there'll yeah. be lots to talk about. I I kind of hope it's still pretending to go ahead this time next week, so we can actually break down all the fights. <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, I mean, at least it'll give us something to talk about. But yeah, I, I don't know. We we'll, we'll get into that in a while. But do, do we anyway. not have like four or five other podcasts where we talk about Habib and Tony? Breaking, breaking that down so we, we, we have to store that away again yeah we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to store it away we'll just act like this week like it's uh, oh we'll talk about that next week it'll actually happen just like just co- drop it in there just the same audio nobody would notice nah no one would notice yeah actually someone got onto me there like a week ago and go oh I make these uh these highlight videos for fights and uh, we're doing Tony versus Habib can I like take uh, 30 seconds out of your podcast and I was like yeah yeah work away whatever I should probably should have asked you this is the first you were hearing about but anyway I was like this poor fucker is like he sent me one of his videos like he just has them on YouTube and I'm not sure what the name of it but they're really good and I was like work away but this poor fucker like putting in hours onto doing this video for you know for a fight that's probably not even gonna happen it's like how many uh, but he can use it again in, in a year's time when yeah. they try to put it together next year <laughs> I suppose actually it's a very good one to do because you can use it just add on like another 30 seconds you can use it in 6 months when they make it again and 12 months when they make it again and in 18 months when they make it again it's one of those fights but yeah I suppose, look we, we started off and now we might as well keep going and that's all if, we, if we're, uh, we're talking about it like so what happened this week I suppose was um, Hab- uh, maybe it wasn't this week but Habib went to Russia there was talks of him going to the UAE uh, and I think he did go over there in fact and then he went back to Russia again then they stopped flights out of Russia um, but there was talks that you could get a private plane if you wanted and I think that has been basically confirmed um, but Habib has come out and he did an interview with Brad Akimoto and he said, look, I don't even know where the location is. Even if I can fly out of Russia, where am I flying to? I don't even know where it is. It's going to be in fucking China. Is it going to be in Florida? Is it even going to take place? Um, and that's apart from, okay, we, you know, we have to preface all of this. And we're looking at it from Habib's side and the UFC's side here now uh, at the start. Obviously, we have to preface it all by saying this car shouldn't be taking place. It's absolutely farcical. They're even thinking about taking uh, it taken place, but we'll get into that again in a minute. But what do you think of this whole situation with Habib flying into Russia, flying out of Russia, flying back to Russia, not knowing where to fly? Like, you have okay, I think Habib probably made a couple of mistakes in there, but you have to have a bit of sympathy for him as well, don't you? With the, this whole situation, it's just it's farcical, isn't it? Yeah, well, you can understand, like, it, it is, it is, yeah, uh, chaos. So, uh, you can understand from, from, from his point of view, but, um, it is it is uh you know just kind of very very wishful thinking that this is going to go ahead in general so habib is probably probably knows that really like and he's he's thinking this is ridiculous i'm just training here this is definitely not going to happen um they don't even have a place for it to happen there's 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 just no way it's going to happen in my opinion and most people's opinion i think so He's probably thinking, like, I'm not going to put my body through this. I'm not going to put the time into this. I'm not going to risk. I'm not going to start cutting down weight. I'm not going to risk, like, lowering my immune system and all that stuff and ending up with this virus or whatever. And, and you can you can understand, but you can... I don't know. I'm kind of expecting to to check my phone at any at any time and see that the the event the event has been postponed. But it doesn't. The news just hasn't come yet. So. Uh, <laughs> What like at what moment do they have like a deadline in the UFC where they're gonna like we need to have a place by 
by this date or we, we can't do it like yeah. that, that date must be coming soon like I think the date has already passed where they do it outside of America to be honest because if they were going somewhere else they'd have to go into a 14 day lockdown and you'd have to do that before fight week so like you you can't be going out cutting weight when you're fucking in quarantine you know or 14 day quarantine sorry I don't mean 14 day lockdown 14 day quarantine if you went into I think like almost all countries have that maybe some places have 7 days and stuff but I think all the places they're talking about are were uh, were hinted at have that so it's it's too late for that now so i think america is the only place and then you know habib goes to america maybe you could work it if he went there right now and did it but i really think like over the next day or two we're recording this on saturday evening over the next uh, let's say by tuesday if they don't have a venue set there's no way it can happen like i just cannot see it happen unless they do a I card think maybe maybe people are thinking like you know it'd be like oh this whole i'm stuck in russia thing is is bullshit why'd you go to russia you can get a private plane or whatever mm-hmm. if he had to come in and said here i have concerns about about this is no like kind of the interview we did after if he did that before it would have probably uh when people would have had more sympathy for him Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, but just kind of the way I'm like, oh, I'm stuck in Russia. It's like, well, you're not really, and and you went to Russia by choice in the middle of this. So, like, you know, when you when you've flown once in the middle of a pandemic, they think, oh, why can't you fly again? Yeah, I like. I think a big issue with this is all when the reaction to that is. I, I put out a tweet during the week and I said, like, you if you don't like if you think this uh, fight and this car should go ahead, you're either li- living under a rock. Are a terrible person, and I, I stand by that. I, I 100% believe that. And you couldn't believe it. Go and look at that tweet if anyone's listening to this and look at the replies. The loads of people going, Oh, I guess I'm a terrible person because I want to see it happening. And I actually, even though they're trying to out themselves as terrible people, I actually don't think most of them are. I just think most of them are living under a rock. I think there's. I, and I didn't think it until that tweet, until I started looking at kind of a couple of Luke Thomas's tweets and looking at the replies and just different people. I I didn't think it was possible for people not to understand the gra- gravity of this situation, but I genuinely think a lot of people don't, and a lot of MMA fans well, don't. A lot, yeah, a lot of people don't. Like a lot of people are still going to like barbecues together, and mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. Like all around the world, like uh, different countries. Like some countries are taking it more seriously than others. Some are slower to react. Others have more restrictions, and other people. Some people just don't believe what the government tells them or what the news tells them at all. They think ah, it's a load of crap. Like. Mm-hmm. And because you know they've heard before, oh, this mad cow disease is so dangerous, or this you know swine flu, or you know all this stuff, and it's turned out to be kind of like not affect them at all in their in their daily lives. And then there's a little bit of effect here, but people, a lot of people might be thinking, or probably are thinking, you know, uh, people are overreacting. It's it's relax, it's a flu or it's a cold. You know, there's definitely that attitude as well. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people aren't you know paying that too close attention to it and are just dismissing it. I think. Yeah, and I think like everyone had that attitude at the start because, as you said, these things have happened before. And okay, like the magic how did affect a lot of people for a, a long time, but it, you know, even though the Ebola and stuff, like it, it killed people and it it harmed people, but it didn't. When it doesn't harm you or like come at your door, you, you know you can. A lot of people still have um, an understanding for what it is, but I think the vast majority of people don't. But now it's at everyone's door. You know, it's here for everyone. Remember when Mad Cow came around? If you were going in somewhere, you had to like stand into this bucket and clean your shoes. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, that was a bit weird. But you could still go places and do things and everything. But now is you can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. Everyone sh- like I can't. It's hard to believe how people can't understand it. But it seems like they do, and they're like. They're as if like I'm gonna fight off this this disease. I'm not. It's not. Go- I'm not gonna lay down and let this get to me. It's like you're just a fucking idiot. Like what the fuck are you talking about? It's it's just the weirdest thing. But there is a, and this is maybe completely off topic as well. But there is, uh, there is a deep connection between like MMA fans and conspiracy theories. It's the weirdest thing. And I've my my um theory on it is that like. MMA is the answer, you know, MMA is the answer to the fighting question, what's the best fighting system, and we all found it, all MMA fans found it, and then they want to find answers to other questions, and they'll seek answers to other questions, and even if it's the wrong answer, they'll convince themselves it's the right answer in, in a certain way, and that, like the the uh, karate people, or the, the boxing people, or whatever it is back in the day, trying to hide and trying to act as if their way is the way, when it's not actually the way, and we know the way, I think they've think other people are doing the same i don't know it's a, it's a weird connection but i feel like if you and not all people have that obviously the vast majority don't but there is 
uh, there is a section of that in MMA fans, a very vocal section of that are, you know, love Eddie Bravo and Flat Earth and all this bullshit, like, and go and burn down 5G towers. It's fucking... Look into it, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. The look into it, bro, people are just fucking crazy. Like, a lot of them. Like, some people just do uh, it for a bit of crap. Condemnation without, without their investigation is the height of ignorance, Sean. Yeah, you should know that. You're one of them as well. That's why. <laughs> you're just... You're on the... It's just a cold flu. Uh, it's just a bit of a flu thing there. And you're, you're already barely getting off it now. I know, I know that. But I, I, I suppose that's why Habib is getting the abuse. And that's why, uh, you know, if I tweeted out or Luke Thomas tweeted out, you're getting abuse. And I think uh, maybe a, a, a slight um, a slight move to, uh, away from this. But, like, I feel like if you want to be covering the sport properly, you need to be saying those things. Because what's, like... What's the point of you trying to cover the sport if you're not going to be calling out something like that? I really and like people are saying, oh, you shouldn't be covering the event if you uh, if you think it's totally uh, it's totally wrong. It's like why? So what? Am I, what do you want me to do? Like to not cover the event? Just ignore it? Act like it's not happening? So it can go on willy nilly? And those uh, you know those cowards who refuse to call it out are just talking away and acting as if. Uh, they're just normal fights going on. Is that what you want? That's the only coverage you want? You don't want people covering it correctly. It's not even... I was going to say critically there. It's not even critically. Because if you're... Some people just are criticise everything. You know, they give out about everything. They're... You know, every fucking fight card that happens is bad. MMA is bad. You know, everything is bad. But I, don't, I think people listen to this podcast. No, we're not like that. You know, we criticise what needs to be criticised. We praise what needs to be praised. We come on here every week and talk about how glowing the fights are you know i talk about judging and how good that is and other different things as well but you can't be on both sides of it like you can't it can't be all good it can't be all bad and i think in a situation like this you have to call it out for what it is like people are staying at home to stop a virus spreading yes the ufc want to put on a fight where Habib Nurmagomedov will travel from Russia to America, he'll go to a hotel, he'll stay in a hotel, he'll go to the, the front desk, he'll have room service, he'll go and get food, he'll go and get touched by a referee to put on Vaseline, or, or uh, an official to put on Vaseline, and by the referee in there, and by Tony Ferguson, and then he'll go and meet a TSA agent on the way home to fly back and be on a pilot with a plane, and loads of other people, and meet another hotel on the way back, whatever. The amount of people you're going to be meeting and, and spreading this disease, if you... Uh, it, it maybe you'll get it and spread it, or maybe you'll have it and spread it. No matter what, if you get a test before the fight, it doesn't matter. You could get it after the fight and spread it. Did, like, I, I think this is pretty self-explanatory if you've been listening to what's going on. And that's, a, like, you have to say that. And if you're hiding away from that and just talking about the fights, you're, you're, you're a stooge for the UFC or ESPN or whoever it might be. That's what you are like. And I, I really think if you're coming out here and you're criticizing people for criticizing the event, you're not you haven't put two seconds thought into it, I don't think. I really don't think people have put enough thought into it. Like <laughs> and you know, I, I really I really feel strongly about this that we have to cover this sport in this situation we can't avoid it like i i did a podcast with philip and i said all right we're going to leave it now for a while we'll talk about the sport in the next couple of podcasts i was like it can't you can't, can't be done <laughs> it cannot be done you cannot talk about this sport like maybe we'll go off and do, do a podcast about you know ufc 148 or something and we'll talk about that but when you're talking about cards coming up and you're talking about the future you kind of have to discuss it that way but anyway i just feel like i went to about a 10 minute rant there graham anything to say <laughs> i don't know where this podcast has gone are you still there Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Public service uh, warning from from Sean Sheen. Um, yeah, I think like bringing it back to MMA or UFC a little bit, uh, like or, or bringing it back. Um, is there any countries that are kind of I don't know what they call it, like in remission is the is the wrong word, but kind of yeah. in the in the stages of of getting over it. Um, Japan had been, but and they brought back like wrestling matches, uh, pro wrestling. They had a few wrestling events and stuff, but I believe they're kind of gone back into it again because when you start doing that, the numbers start to pop back up. So I think they have cut back on things like that again, and I think the same is happening with China uh, as well. Like that, that, if you had that, the, the problem is even if you had a country like that, they want people. To, and at this time, what are we? Fourteen days out? Exactly fourteen days out from the when the fight's supposed to be happening. You have to go in for you know fourteen days of quarantine, so it's too late now to go to those uh, those countries. So like, even if that was an option, which I don't think it should be an option, but that's the option they're you know they're talking about or doing it in Florida. That's the options they're talking about. I just 
Like, I don't think any of it makes sense. And the problem as well is then, right, let's say you do it in Florida, and we'll, we'll get back into talking about MMA in a second, because I have actually a good question about MMA. I want to see if you uh, agree with me or not. But if you do it in Florida, the, li- the high likelihood is you're going to have to do it with everyone from America. So you're going to have to get a whole new card on less than two weeks' notice, put it all together, get them all on weight, and get them all fighting in Florida in the middle of a fucking pandemic. It's... Honestly, I think we've been preparing for this for years because MMA. And you need is. <laughs> you need like the medical staff and yeah. all. You need like you need a hospital that you mm-hmm. can bring these fighters to if they need to go after the fight and things yeah. like that as well. When you know going into a hospital now, it's probably I don't know. I haven't been in a hospital during this, but I'm sure they're you know they're run off their feet and mm-hmm. it's a, a dangerous place to go if you if you want to avoid getting the coronavirus. So uh, yeah, it's a, just a, a number of, of problems and. Like for example, if it, like if Gaethje was to step in and and fight uh, Tony Ferguson, are are both like they would have to go into quarantine right now? Like mm-hmm. it, it, you know, the UFC would maybe they maybe they have made precautions for this, but uh, I I just assume kind of I'm I think that the UFC are just Dana White is just putting up this front that this is going to happen when he really knows that it's yeah. not going to happen. Uh, that's a good. I I want to come back to that in a second. But the point you made there. Is right because uh, everyone listen to this now. And if you're like the anti not wanting it to happen, you're probably going to say, Look, they're not going to get the disease, they're not going to spread it, they're going to go to the fights and come home, and no one's going to get it. Probably, but can you say that about someone getting hurt in the fight? And we're not talking about now, we're talking about in two weeks' time. So, what's the situation going to be like in two weeks' time? All the hospitals are going to be fucking mad, they're going to be insane. And what if, uh, let's say, Francis Ingano fights Jarzino Rosenstruck? The likely outcome of that fight is someone going to hospital. I, I hate to tell you. Someone's jaw is going to get broken in that fight. Like That's going to happen. And then that person has to go to hospital. As you said, with the, the coronavirus in the hospital, with taking up a bed maybe for someone else, going into the emergency room. That's, that's not a good situation to be in. And I think that's probably the biggest and best point to why fights shouldn't go on. Because you're taken away from the medical system that's going to be absolutely overrun. And especially in America where it's shit. That's a big, big issue. That is a huge issue, and I think that's one... What are you trying to say about Obamacare, man? <laughs> Obamacare, yeah. But what, what did you know the point you hit on there? That's a question I've asked myself a couple of times. Like, the only answer I can think of why Dana White is carrying on to do it is because of the, the huge money from uh, from ESPN. Like, they, they want live sports. The, the live sports is, is huge at the moment. There's nothing new going on, and if you had live sports, everyone's going to be watching it. Well, maybe, anyway. Um... Is that like? But it feels like all their other live sport is gone, and everyone well, else keep, is going. Does it keep the UFC in the news, like in the sports news in America on sports, and people talking about this Habib and Tony situation and the card and Gaethje and all this stuff? When all the other sports are kind of dormant or asleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> news-wise, I suppose in the NFL there's like trades going on, things like that. Probably I haven't really been keeping a tr- yeah. track of it, but maybe it's like keeping them in the news a bit. But uh, realistically, like. Does Dana think this is going to go ahead? I, I, I highly doubt it. And realistically, does he already know it's not going to go ahead? I think so as well. Yeah, like, is that good news though? When the fight's not happening and it hasn't happened five times before as well, like, I don't know if that's the, that's the best way to keep yourself in the news with a cursed fight in the middle of a fucking pandemic. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't know if it makes. I can't make head nor tail of it. To be honest. I, okay, I can understand it. I don't agree with it, but I can understand it if they want to keep the event going and they're trying to get as much money as they can because Endeavor are in trouble. They're laying people off and everything. And obviously the UFC are are kowtowing to them now because you know uh, Ari Emanuel is Dan White's boss as much as he uh, he says he isn't. He is. Uh, so they want to, you know, they want to keep it going if at all they can. But I, I, you said it there, and I agree with you. I don't think they can keep it going. I think Dan White knows he can't keep it going. Like maybe he'll get some sort of miracle out of somewhere. Maybe they'll find a cure between now and the next two weeks, and we can all go out again. But I, I find it like Donald Trump came out this week. Someone who. You know, I, and I'm not going to get into politics or anything, but someone who is trying to make the best of it, saying, you know, we're going to be back on our feet by Easter, not too long ago, and everything like that. And they came out and said there's going to be between 100,000 and, 100, and 200,000 deaths in America uh, by the time this is over. And that's a, that's probably a low estimate. That's what we're dealing with here. This is this is absolute insanity. So, I, look, it's it's hard to even discuss this fight. And people coming out discussing all the fights, all, I just, it feels weird because it's hard to even discuss it. Like, let's, uh, I, there's one thing I want to discuss. I put out a tweet because, we, we you know, we can't spend all day talking about the coronavirus. We've, I think we've covered it pretty well there now, so it's not too bad. But 
I tweeted the other day, and some people hated it, but I think Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson is a way better fight than Tony Ferguson versus Habib. What do you think? Do you think it's a it's a better fight? Um, no, I think no. I think I can see why you think it's a better fight, but with all the implications and the the waiting and the the talk of Tony and uh, I just I just want that fight to happen more. Mm-hmm. But I understand that, like maybe stylistically for excitement and for for like uh, highlights highlights and really exciting striking exchanges and stuff like that. Uh, I can see why you think it's a better fight, but I actually really enjoy Habib's fights. I kind of always have, mm-hmm, uh, even though they some people would and have over the years considered them boring. But uh, you know, when the stakes are high and you know it's at the very upper echelon, and uh, uh, you know, people criticize GSP for a while. And he was a lot more, a lot more boring yeah. than than uh, Habib, and I could kind of see him more there. But I think with Habib, he actually, you know, he does put a lot of damage on people and he gets a lot of finishes as well. And there's always that element of a risk on his on his feet as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really enjoy a Habib fight. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think I'm, I, I prefer the Tony Habib one to happen, but the Gaethje one is obviously a really, really good fight as well. Yeah, you make good points there, Ferris. Like, there's no, no doubt about it that... We're talking about meaningful fights. We're talking about, you know, uh, big fights in terms of, like, selling numbers or whatever. 100%. It's it's definitely Tony versus Sabi. But everyone knows me. I like fights. You know, I like fighter A versus fighter B and which fight is better and which matchup is better. And I think it's just a better matchup. I really do. Like... I want which one do I want to see more in six months time when the pandemic is over hopefully I want to see Habib versus Tony but if you were to say like this fighter versus this fighter or this fighter versus this fighter I would pick fighter A being Tony and fighter B being Gaethje all day and I like Habib's size like the thing about Habib right his style is a style where even if it is and it is like a really um action-packed style you're still gonna have a few boring rounds or a few boring fights because someone will just be like ultra defensive against you or else they'll have like a really good guard and you won't want to move or like say like the first round against McGregor he doesn't want to let get, let McGregor get back up at all costs because he knows he's dangerous in the first round and he tends to gas out a little bit and maybe he'll lose his power as the fight goes on which turned out to be correct but you'll always have a bit of that but then you'll have like the, the fourth round against McGregor where he's battering him on top or the second round where he's throwing big strikes as well or chasing Eds and Barboza around like uh, it's it's all, yeah, it's mostly always exciting with Habib, but like it's always exciting with Justin Gaethje, and it's almost always exciting with Tony Ferguson as well. So I think, uh, I think that'd be a be a really good fight. But look, that event will it happen? Won't it happen? Probably won't happen. What fight will? I, if you have to bet now, let's say the event does happen. What do you think will be the the headline about of the event? Um, if the event happens, I think it'll be Habib and Tony. But I don't, yeah, I don't think the event will happen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right, so the other big news this week was uh, John Jones. We spoke a little bit about him last week. And someone asked about it in the Q&A as well, about the coverage uh, of John Jones. And like Jack Grealish did a similar thing to John Jones, except probably worse this week. And uh, the, co- the coverage around that was, you know, different, let's say. So this week, John Jones went into court. What was, well, I didn't see the coverage around Grealish. What, what happened and with Grealish and what uh, was the coverage like? So like for me, the, the co- everyone reacting. I, I follow this... Um, this like journalist, uh, like English soccer journalist, basically uh, list on Twitter, and all of them were like, you know, condemning him, saying he, sh- you know, shouldn't have been doing, it, he shouldn't have been out of his house. This was disgraceful and everything. And then he released a statement, uh, apologizing. They were like, oh look, fair enough, it's sincere. He made a mistake or whatever, but he still shouldn't have done it. So I was, you know, how you'd expect it to be covered. With John Jones, I feel like for some reason with John Jones. And we talked about it a little bit last week, but there's a tendency, and we even, I think we even did it last week, so I'm criticising myself here as much as anyone, but there's a tendency to look, say, ah, this is John Jones, you know, it's just John Jones again, or else there's a tendency to say, oh, he has serious problems, you know, just, I feel awful sympathy for John Jones, and, like, maybe he does, I don't, I, I don't think he does, but maybe he does, so maybe that's a, a good stance to have, but the fact it's happening over and over and over again, and I could probably put another few overs in there. And he's a complete Teflon John. Nothing ever happens to him. Like, the criticism has gotten less over the years for the things John has done. And, like, okay, this one wasn't as bad, I don't think. It was stupid. And probably one of, maybe not the most stupid, but coming out in a pandemic and drinking when you fucking know license or whatever um, is, is idiotic.
Scotty. But look, he, he made he made a deal this this week where uh, he's to do like community service on video from his house or whatever, uh, and then he can he has a <laughs> he has an ankle bracelet for four days where he has to stay at home in the middle of a fucking lockdown, the pandemic. So it's insane. Well, what do you think about like the coverage of Jones? So, so the man's probably already served his time. Yeah. Has, uh, double jeopardy here you got John Jones he can just keep doing as many crimes as he wants he's already served the time but what do you think of like that with John Jones and the way we kind of cover him or like uh, I don't know maybe I didn't consume enough coverage and I didn't see enough of it but anything I did see it was kind of like oh and even for myself oh it's John Jones again or oh no poor John Jones what do you think yeah, I think yeah, I think it is like just. It, I think I said it last week as well to you or on the podcast, but uh, it's like deja vu. It's like people are like, "Oh, is that an old story? Is that an, yeah. a new story?" And they're like, "Oh, typical." That's everybody's reaction. I think nearly every, most people's reaction is just, "Oh, there we go again." John Jones is going to John Jones. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the people have different expectations for John Jones than they do for like Jack Grealish, the footballer, or for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just like- because of previous previous people just are. Are sick of hearing the, you know, sick of hearing about this kind of thing, and people are probably sick of writing about it as well. Do you think if Jack Grealish did that six times, do you think he would still be playing for Aston Villa, or do you think he'd still be in the Premier League? Do you still think he'd have a like a really good team? Like, uh, yeah, well, if he was playing for Villa, he'd probably maybe still be at Villa because he's their best player. But if he was at Liverpool or Man City or you know, a top team, then they, they'd probably get rid of him. Like a, yeah. a top, top manager would probably want that influence out of their squad and replace them. But a team like Villa probably, you know, they can't replace a player. Like they'd be very lucky to find a, a good replacement, Jack Grealish, that can do the same things he can do for, for their side. So they're kind of in a different position. Yeah, take Jesse Lingard, he'll do it. It'd be great. But now I think, I think the, uh, and maybe this is more of a, a meta sort of thing, but I think the support systems are there in, in professional real professional sports let's say uh whereas mma is kind of a professional sport but only if you're a professional yourself if you know what i mean like if you have the right people around you or get the right coaches or whatever to to become a complete professional athlete like people are not walking in. let's say jack Grealish, he signs for aston villa he comes comes over from ireland <laughs> when he's uh when he's 14 and he signs for aston villa he might be, you know, they might have him in, uh, you know, living with someone or uh, still with his parents and then coming in like four or five times a week and then he becomes full time and he, you know, he he does his work there or whatever, does his schooling there and he goes through and, you know, you're eating your meals there and you're training there and if you want to buy a house when you turn 20 or when you get your first million or whatever, they'll help you do it and if you want to fucking go on holiday, they're going to get a few, you know, basically they're they're, they're living in the, in the fucking club and the club is doing everything for him and there's support systems around him that if, I guarantee you that happened to Jack Grealish. I guarantee you he was pulled in and there was some PR person talking to him. There was some PR person t- saying, okay, in four months... Well, this is the apology you need to make yeah, now Exactly, as well. and this is the interview you're going to do. And John Jones implied one of them and it didn't really work for him, but like, it's something that's going to be there all the time for someone like a Jack Grealish or a, you know, yeah. whoever else it is. And MMA doesn't have that. Like These big MMA gyms are... are you know, not gonna even if they're making a lot of money, like I'm sure Jackson's did, or an SBG, or the, you know the ATT or whatever gyms it is, which have been around for a while now and have a big like world champion and have been able to draw people in. Like we're still in a situation. Maybe maybe it's also a thing where you're definitely maybe onto something there. It's a good, it's an interesting point, but maybe it's a thing of like you know the different journalists, like you know UK and Irish or European journalists uh, covering soccer or football, mm-hmm. uh, and the American, mainly American kind of media covering uh, MMA and boxing a lot of the time. Like, do you think there's a thing where, for example, if if an NFL player kind of does something crazy it's kind of like oh well like you know nfl players do do crazy things they they get hit to the head do you think there's a thing where all boxers they're a bit crazy they get hit to the head or mma guys they get hit to the head maybe if it's even subconsciously people aren't thinking about it like that when they read it but maybe because it's like a a a sport where you get damaged to the head (laughs) like um like nfl have covered it up for years covered it up covered it up like made it kind of fool themselves covering it up it was laughable Mm -hmm. but people already already kind of knew it was kind of it was an it was known even though nobody really admitted it officially until recently yeah but it was kind of a known thing that oh yeah well obviously you know 
smacking your head into things like isn't good yeah that is true and i think yeah that, that's a good point actually but i think there's another point as well it's like mma is still a very like if some badminton player was doing something crazy they'd be <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck like there's no reason for that like you know what that's i mean that's true that is true but mma is still a very even a, that's a good point but even aside from that and kind of with that point mma is still a very kind of carny sport you know it's a very chaotic sport where it's like uh, there is, a, a, you know, I talked about soccer, there's no set structure like that. You could literally have a lad, you know, train himself and he could show up and fight, which we ha- probably have had uh, up until not too long ago, or even still have with, with some people, if you believe uh, uh, <laughs> some interviews that come out. But it, it's, we're in a, like, MMA is, is a sport where it's not just that, right? But it's like two lads fighting in a cage. It's... As much as the UFC have put in, like, branding and have got, you know, actors to show up in the front row and, you know, Matt Damon is there and it's on ESPN and it's legit and everything like that, a lot of people still view it as cage fighting and they say, oh, this cage fighter was drunk driving. Well, of course he was. <laughs> you know, he's a cage fighter. If you say fucking Roger Federer was caught drunk and driving, like, what, Roger Federer? Not that guy who wears white and is, has a lovely family and is a really nice guy. And Like, I'm sure some of us, and you, uh, especially yeah, you. Yeah, people would probably, like, hold it against Roger Federer, for example, for yeah. longer. Like, if, you know, for example, uh, Hugo Lloris, the, the Spurs keeper. Yeah. Like, I'm bringing it up now, and a lot of people bring it up all the time about drink driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a big thing that gets mentioned about him for like a year or more but like with an MMA fighter it'd probably be mentioned for like you know maybe one fight or if he didn't fight for a month max and then it'd just be forgotten about yeah it's, it is weird because even like someone like Luis Suarez like, what's the first thing you think of Luis Suarez did something bad well he's a few things maybe <laughs> he's a different one but like his racial abuse and his uh, biting people and everything like people are always going to bring that up and remember it uh, you know if, if you're like having an argument with him or whatever like every time John Jones comes along it's just kind of forgotten about you know it's and it's 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 a weird situation we're in it is uh john jones is just one of these guys and i i saw it the other day and i think i, I don't know if i said it on the podcast or one of the q a's that it there, there was like um uh, i think dan stop tweeted it was like plus 300 that john jones wouldn't get stripped of his side i was like i couldn't find i was wanting to go and bet on that because there's no way john jones was getting stripped of his title for his like it was it was like a non-story in mma early no one was talking about no one seemed to care about this this john jones thing and yeah, we're... in a couple of days the man will have done his time like and it'll lobby it'll lobby i'm not the government man the guy's done his time yeah. i don't make these decisions bro <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a judge i'm not a judge well unless there's a fight that's close and then you're very much a judge but uh yeah anyway right so over the last week as well bellator i, I want to talk more about bellator in a second but bellator have cancelled a few of their upcoming events especially the the one in london where james Gallagher was supposed to fight kal elnor again how can they especially cancel one <laughs> well, <laughs> they especially cancel the one in london. <laughs> well the one in oklahoma now maybe that yeah. we're probably we're probably both bone then we're definitely both bone in london <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, especially for us, I suppose, uh, where uh, Liam McCourt was on that card as well. I think there was a couple more Irish people supposed to be on the card or, or on the card in James Gallagher versus Cal Eleanor. This is this is really is our Habib versus Tony, isn't it? This fight has been cancelled over and over and over again. And like, it's it's so tough. Like, first of all, Cal had um, the brain scan issue, which I did an interview with him and, and uh, he cleared up, gave a great explanation of that. So if you haven't heard it, listen to that one. Uh, then James Hurtie's back. There was, I think, there was another one in the middle of it there somewhere as well, and now this one as well. <laughs> like we, you know, we talk about worldwide MMA. We talk about um, uh, MMA getting cancelled all over the place. But you know, we've we talked a lot in the last year or so, or maybe even longer, about Bellator kind of. Uh, taking over the Irish MMA sphere, and you know we have Cage as well. And Cage actually have cancelled a few cards as well. I must mention that the same night as the Bellator one, the one in in Belfast, and they've cancelled one in Manchester or somewhere over in England as well. Anyway, somewhere. Uh, so it, you know, for just for Irish MMA fighters, this it's a tough time. Uh, look, the fights can't go on obviously, and people are just gonna fucking have to to put up with the the annoyance of it. We're all fucking losing money and bad, bad things are happening out of it. But it's a tough time, isn't it, for Irish MMA as well when. The two kind of big hitters here and all the, the fights, even Cage Legacy, you know, they, their event a while back was cancelled as well. Tough time, isn't it, for Irish MMA when Irish MMA has had a tough time over the last four or five years since the death of John Carvalho. Just when things were getting a little bit better, when there was two big events in, you know, okay, one in London, but one in Belfast with big Irish MMA fighters on both of them. And it's all kind of pulled out from under the rug. It's tough, isn't it, for Irish MMA? 
Yeah, like it was kind of lining up to be a very good kind of year. For, obviously, Cage Warriors being back and Bellator, as you mentioned, and the UFC announced the show uh, yeah. kind of unexpectedly as well. Yeah. Like, so uh, they kind of nearly did it around the Bellator card to kind of, you know, you know, uh, show their flex their muscle nearly uh, against Bellator. So Get maybe the there was going, kinda, yeah, yeah kind of something heat, heating up there. Like, mm-hmm. but obviously, this is going to put it on delay, and who knows if that event will even. Will even happen in Ireland now that UFC event as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one. Like the whole the whole calendar is going to be completely shaken up. Like uh, all these events that are announced for the future are all all in jeopardy. Yeah, and when like when you look at say like let's say this last three or four months, and you know it's obviously going to be shitty. But I think if look if it only like please fucking God if it only lasted three months, look we'd all be all right. We can get over it. But I think the ramifications it has down the line. Let's say if say the UFC event when is it um uh, September is it so that like that might be okay. I I think it. You know, hopefully it will be okay. But the problem is, let's say I look at a guy like Reese McKee, where he was supposed to fight for the title on um, on uh, Cage Warriors in Belfast. That fight now has moved down the line, so maybe he won't have enough time, or maybe you know, I, I don't know what the exact date is. I know they gave a date, but like his plan was to get on that, win it, and then get to the UFC and fight there. You know, maybe a Paul Hughes or Ian Gary had a similar sort of uh, thing as well to get there. Maybe James James Gallagher's plan was to win a fight and then you know go on and maybe fight for a title. Not only is that fight not happening, but now the title fights are not happening. And, uh, like, the big problem as well with MMA fighters, with any sports people as well, you know, they have an age. You know, and there's, and, okay, it's grand for the likes of Ian Gary and, and James Gallagher, they're all young and stuff. But even, like, soccer players and things like that, um, and the way the sport moves, it can be very difficult. Like, you look at boxing as well, and this whole... Um, the heavyweight kind of uh, merry-go-round. You have this, a guy, even uh, you take out the big guys. A guy like Dillian White, who has won loads of fights and is like next in line to fight for a title. But there's like uh, the, the the fight between Wilder and Fury is before him, and then Joshua is going to fight the winner of that maybe, and then he'll be after that. Like that's all gone back like another six months now again. So it's 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 very tough for the MMA fighters. And I know we have said um, they're like they're collateral damage to all the things I've said earlier on, and it's. It's fucking, it's shitty, but it's it's for the, the greater good um, of of the world. Like, it's it's weird to say it. It's weird to even be talking in those terms, but that's what it is. But you still, there's definitely, you can have sympathy for them. Uh, and, you know, may and we should call out, I think, as well, and uh, the UFC and Bellator and maybe even Cage Warriors to give these people a bit of money to keep them going or, you know, even even if they gave them half of their pay packet for their next fight now or something like that. I don't know, maybe if that's not possible or maybe that's stupid, but I think the UFC have come out and paid some of their London fighters. Um, and I'd love if, even if some of the promotions, I know it's going to be tough for a lot of the promotions as well with the events cancelled, but if they could give them a bit of money or a bit of a, something to keep them going for the next few months, I think it'd be, uh, it'd be great, but... Uh, who knows but anyway um even like sponsors and stuff sponsors, like guys yeah. who are like you know business small businesses who are kind of supporting local fighters and things like that with, like with the, with this whole like you know shutdown and a lot of country lockdown uh these businesses are losing money and like you know these small businesses probably don't have don't have too much uh reserve uh, yeah. So will they be able to support these these MMA fighters, you know, going forward if this drags on and on? Yeah, it's a, it's a big but, issue as well as well as it is. Yeah, but look, it's another thing I suppose we'll see, and hopefully it doesn't go too long. Um, but I mentioned you know Bellator there. It, I think it was yesterday. <clears throat> it was eleven years since Bellator started, and I saw someone tweeting saying that Bellator has been around longer than Pride was, and has been around longer than Strikeforce was. Strikeforce was. I think it's it's interesting because Bellator doesn't seem to be allowed around that long. I think the last well, maybe because it was like that weird tournament mm-hmm. format for a few years, pure yeah. and and kinda, in the dark days yeah. where we couldn't get on television as well. And then Strikeforce <laughs> kind of took over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was because pro- like I think Pride was the closest we've ever had to the UFC, even though it was like the, maybe the, the heydays of it were a little bit before our time or whatever. But even you know, getting toward the few the the last events and looking back at the events, you know, they had big fighters and big events uh, against the UFC, and when the UFC had less cards as well. Then you came on and you basically only had Strikeforce and Bellator wasn't what it, the you know the force it is today. But Strikeforce had some good fights and good fighters. It was still a far distant second to the UFC, but it was then just about when the UFC was starting to get this you know this oversaturation thing where there was cards could kind of still be special. Now I think there's a good few Bellator cards. I think they actually cut them back a little bit after Bjorn Revenue went, or maybe after the first year of Scott Cork or whatever it was. And there's just so many UFC events now. Like, it feels now like 
and it's maybe weird to say, but I think MMA, all MMA is kind of blending in together now a little bit because there's so much of it. Like before, events could be special. Like everyone remembers, uh, you know, McGregor versus whoever, McGregor versus Cerrone. What, what, what UFC was that? I can't remember. I, <laughs> I don't know what it, like I'd probably remember, okay, McGregor uh, Diaz was UFC 202, but like what was John Jones, Chago Santos? Like, I'm sure, like, <laughs> some people remember, but I think most people wouldn't. Like, we remember back John, or, uh, uh, the, the old Anderson Silva cards, or whatever it was. We used to remember the number. We used to remember the actual event. You just remember what the co-main event is, what the, the opening fighter card is. That's something I could remember all the time. But now I don't think it's it's possible anymore. I think it's very different. I think Bellator, what it has found itself in right now, is a very different position any second promotion has ever had in the world of MMA, because... We're, we have this situation where just MMA, 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 but there's also a situation where, as we talked about a little bit earlier, live sports get you so much money, and places like Bellator are getting huge TV deals from, uh, I don't know, is it Par- is it still called Paramount, or they've changed over to Showtime now or something, but and the zone as well, where they're getting big money if that lasts, which I don't think after this it might, it might not, but people even like the xfl with with vince mcmahon getting money or maybe money down the line or AEW as well the, the the second wrestling thing and wwe itself getting absolutely huge money because it's live and on tv when in a world where netflix and you know amazon prime and stuff are taking over these places can thrive like if we had pride today maybe you know maybe because it's uh maybe because of the time zone it mightn't be as good but if you could put it on the right time zone and have you know even what percentage of the best fighters in the world that I have? Maybe thirty percent or something. Like that. Maybe not that much. But if you could have a lot of those big fighters in the world, they would probably do very, very well today. I think it's a very different landscape in the world of MMA. MMA, and even if you're not, you know, you're not putting on the best fight cards in the world or the best fights in the world. But if you are picking up young fighters coming through and you can put on good cards and you say this is the next big thing coming and you sign the likes of Vincent Anderson or Gegard Mousasi and you have exciting fighters like MVP. And you have soccer cakes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if you are pride, yeah. But it's, it's. I think it's a lot more survivable today. We remember we saw obviously um, promotions coming, and then they'd just be dead in the in the space of like two weeks. But today, it's a different landscape, isn't it? Where Bellator, like, there's no sign of Bellator dying, like, on the next while. Maybe the pandemic will change that. But you know, aside from that, Bellator is like in a good place, and yeah. that's good for MMA, isn't it? Yeah, well, like, as you said, like, you know, live sport on TV, especially in, in right now in, in terms of the pandemic, but in terms of you know, even before the pandemic, people are kind of switching from watching live TV or things live on TV with the ads and all that to just watching it afterwards on, on like, Sky Plus or, or, or what do they call it over there in America? Uh, TiVo? TiVo. Mm. TiVo. Uh, on TiVo or whatever, or watching it online on, like, you know, one of the... the you can watch back like you know bbc player or te player or whatever direct tv online or all that stuff so people are already kind of getting away from watching live t- or watching the actual tv mm-hmm. uh, as much as they used to so live sport is so important and i think that's why uh, espn so signed the ufc to such a good deal for the ufc because you know uh, live sport is is where the, these these tv companies are selling all their their big ad getting all their big ad money like uh it's 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 the prime real estate on on tv these days and even more now with the obviously with the coronavirus going on you're mentioning the wwe getting paid a and paid more i don't know anything about that but it makes perfect sense yeah 100 um yeah it's interesting look bellator i think it, it always has showcased good fighters coming up and even brought fire you know even the, in the weird brand beyond revenue days it brought the likes of eddie alvarez through although he's fought in other places obviously but the likes of michael chandler and mvp and others true as well and it's always you know it's i don't think it's always been brilliant but i think it's a very good place to end where a lot of especially young fighters are getting paid an awful lot and it's done uh, you know, it's given an awful lot of money for Irish MMA and UK MMA. Now, it's, I suppose it's a different uh, discussion for another day, whether it's it's a very good thing or a very bad thing or a very sustainable thing. But uh, I suppose that is a discussion for another day. Before we answer a couple of questions, there's Ian O'Neill sent us in uh, a topic to talk about. Maybe it's worth talking about it for, for a few minutes. That we talked about, you know, with the John Jones situation. You know, I discussed it earlier that MMA is still vo- uh, viewed as kind of this sport I where leave the man alone he's on his time <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> it's exactly about doing time like 
there's been a lot of lads down through the years in MMA who've done time. I suppose the most famous of which is is Lee Murray for robbing what, what was it, robbing a bank in Morocco or just being a mad bastard. No, no, it was in the Go UK. On. It was, was it? It, not was it like uh, hundreds of million from like a bank vault or something in yeah. in the UK and fled to Morocco. Oh, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> like we've had that and we had uh, Joe Son who allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, all these things. Even Chael Sonnen with his money laundering and you know McGregor has had his troubles and loads of people don't uh, i suppose war machine the worst of them all but like there's been a lot of kind of bad guys in the maze in there and i i i know that, like that might sound very negative what i just talked about there for the last two or three minutes but i don't know as mma do you think the fact that mma is becoming now like this, actually just on that though i don't know how like the percentage of like you know people doing bad things in mma probably isn't isn't really that high i don't think yeah, well, it probably isn't that high, but you've had a few, like, you probably have... But in any sport, you know, you're going to have a few. Yeah, but there aren't that many MMA fighters in the world, like, and I have that many. You could probably think of that many soccer players as well, but there's how many professionals are... But the, the thing about it is, like... Uh, but even even if some obscure <laughs> MMA guy who got yeah, hit a bag yeah. sometimes in MMA gym does something, it's all MMA fighter, <laughs> yeah, this MMA fighter, true, that. Well. That is true. Do you think that, the, like, is MMA changing a little bit? You know, we we you know we talked about people still viewing it that way, but I feel like it might be changing a little bit. Obviously, you'll still have the the incidents, you still have bad things happening, but like there seems to be a, a, when you when like when you have to put all that work into being an MMA fighter, being a top MMA fighter. Okay, so you you said the, the guys who just hit a bag and you know can't do nothing but throw a punch, go in there and are like on seven and you know they fucking punch them in the face in the street. They're gonna call him MMA fighter or whatever. But like at the very top, I think like. I think it is becoming more of a. It's becoming more professional, not as professional as other professional sports, but more professional in terms of like you have to be, as George Sampier would say, obsessed with the sport to get to where you need to get there. No, I think you you still have to have, um, the want to, be. I hate using the word violent, but you know what I mean. You you still have to have the ability to give a punch and take a punch, as well as being obsessed with the ability to do jujitsu and uh you know do wrestling and all like learn all the skills but i feel like you know if someone is willing to put in all that time and take it that seriously to get very good like that's something that you can't take lightly isn't i feel like it's something that you're not going to give up lightly as well if you are that you know that much of course people are always going to like lose it or whatever and and do terrible things and maybe but the more money it comes and people feel like they're you know teflon <laughs> that, that they want to it but do you think like with the and i like i talked about earlier on about all the soccer teams and having their pr people and all like that and maybe that'll come into more mma over the years and hopefully it will but do you think like we could be getting away from that in years in mma or will it always be this bad carny sport um, I think I think the chaos is part of it. I think mm-hmm. I think like I don't think it will ever go away. I don't think it'll ever be. I don't uh, like. I, I think it's better for promoting and selling the fight that is, has the chaos element to it. Mm-hmm. People like that. I think. I think. I think. Like, if if it's too safe or too bland, too too formulaic, or people get bored of it. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know how the world will change as well. Like, like the world is definitely becoming a more of, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like health and safety sort of world, and which is not a not a bad thing at all. But MMA doesn't really play into that very well. There's not much health and safety you can get in MMA. I mean, you know, then welcome out. No one has been ever killed. You, you, you or goof. Well, cheerleading, you goof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's it's an odd situation. Uh, right. Let's answer one or two questions here. I have. Uh, there's one kind of long one and another couple of maybe short ones there, and I'll answer the rest of them on the the Q and A this week. Uh, a few from Sean Dini here goes, who will win these fights? So, um, Petr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Who do you have on that one, Graham? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Zabit or the Korean Zombie? Jesus. Um, Zabit. If it can go long, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning to Zabit. Um, I have a big... I, I, for a long time, the Korean Zombie, yeah. until recently as well, like, mm-hmm. got KO'd there. Oof, um, he's very good, though, uh, everywhere, and he can, if the fight goes long, is it a five-rounder or a three-rounder? I don't, I, don't, I don't think that fight's actually... Is that fight actually happened? I don't think it... These are just, like, what-ifs, I think, more than that, the fight It'd probably be, happened. like, a... 
if it's a five rounder, it does like it does pose a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to know if that's three rounds or five rounds. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Even though I'm a big uh, a big fan of of Zabit, but yeah, um, Francis Ngannou versus Daniel Cormier. Who do you think you win that fight? Daniel Cormier. Do yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Daniel Carmi is what he is. He's very. Have you seen him recently? He's fucking fat as me. Like probably eating Oreo uh, yeah, bars. Like, when he was in the when he was in the the Strike Force heavyweight tournament, he was That's like true. that as well. And yeah, he, but he now was he's tossing people around the place. He's forty two now, though. In fairness. So. Yeah. yeah. Depends when it happens as well. I suppose like uh, this this could be a uh, very dangerous for Daniel Carmi getting even too out of shape to make heavyweight. Yeah. That, yeah that this is. whole staying at home. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big problem. That is a big problem. Um what someone has asked what box sets you've been watching so uh, someone actually asked me about the warrior as well but i will maybe i'll answer that in q a but have you been what have you been watching this week i know everyone's just been sitting at home uh, what have you been watching did i mention the tiger king last yeah week? yeah have you, I, okay i'm on the last episode now so don't spoil it for me but what crazy shit like is it yeah yeah what do you think what do you think of the whole carol and her husband situation I, like I feel like the husband, you know, the, spoiler alert here now for anyone, if you haven't watched it, don't skip the next five minutes. But like, okay, she probably killed the husband and fed him to the tigers, whatever. But the husband, they all talked about the husband like burying gold all over the property and like nobody knowing where it was or anything like these big gold bars and him flying planes as well. Like, could that husband not have picked up like 10 gold bars with like fucking 5 million worth of gold bars flown to Costa Rica throwing the plane into the fucking sea and just start a new life himself away from the, the maddest woman on earth is that not anything's possible anything's possible <laughs> i don't know anything's possible. what do you think but, uh, i'd like to i'd like to just watch a documentary just about that as well yeah like uh, making a murderer <laughs> yes. series about just the, the carol husband incident because a lot of it just sounds like <laughs> crazy people saying crazy things they heard about it yeah. but she, she buried him he, under the he, septic he, tank. He, he, he done disappeared. So be uh, <laughs> interesting to see what happened to him. Did you hear uh, Joe Exotics after getting the fucking Dorona? He's after getting the vid inside in jail. Poor lad. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Joe. I like... Um, I don't know if he only... I, I haven't got to the last episode, so maybe there's more stuff to come out. But was he only joking about killing her? Like? I don't know if he actually ever tried to kill her. I think he was just a bit crazy and yeah. he was thought he could just say all these things on his like little TV show he had. He's probably getting comments saying, Ah yeah, you're the man, fucking Joe Exotic or whatever and he's not in the yeah, uh, I think he's just more of a, an idiot than than you know, masterminding anything. Yeah. <laughs> Bezzling money and stuff and yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely not the best guy normally. <laughs> like don't don't get it twisted, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been watching the the wire as well. That's pretty good. It's I'm, what am I on now? Wait, how far have you got? It's halfway through season three, I think. So, what's happening? Uh, Avon just got out of j- spoiler alert. Avon just got out of j- <laughs> <laughs> just got out of jail, and now um, Idris Elba is trying to go legit. So that's not Stringer um, Bell. Yeah, Stringer Bell. Yeah, just, I just I'm, I guess I'm just a gangster. Avon said so. I like that. I like a bit of Avon. Who's your favorite do you, character? Do you like McNulty or no? Uh, he, did you find? You know, I found out he lives like ten minutes down the road from me in real life. Ah, very good. Yeah. Uh, do I like him? Do I? Every like I feel like people are giving me hints that McNulty turns bad or something happens with him. So please don't do that. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do like McNulty. He's a bit mad. He drinks loads of Jameson. It's great. Fantastic. <laughs> it's mad you haven't seen it before. No, I know. <laughs> He's definitely going to go bad, isn't he? Fuck's sake. Don't spoil it at me. I like, uh, uh, actually, I, like, I, I watched it, but I, I, like, I watched it actually twice, but I, it's hard to remember yeah, it is, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You remember major things, but forget other major things. I don't know. It's hard. To, well, probably if you started watching, if I started watching it, it would, it would all, back, kind of all yeah. come back. Yeah. Have you still not watched Game of Thrones, huh? No, no, no. You have to watch it. That'd be the, that Game of Thrones is the perfect show for now because there's so many episodes and it's so long. It, it's like so it's boring. The perfect show. Oh, it's not boring. No, it's brilliant. <laughs> you need to get to the once you get five seasons in, you're stuck. <laughs> stuck in. It only takes five seasons, but no, it's, it's better. Nice. I don't. I don't like start like a, you know watching a series like win a lot of episodes or start playing Football Manager or something because I'll never get any any work done. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the middle of pandemic. There's only so much work you can do. Be grand. Yeah, but you know how enthralled you can get in these these things if uh, if you have like a, a, a six season, you know, Breaking Bad or whatever, yeah. or The Wire, you can end up watching a lot of a lot of episodes. Did day you on day. Uh, did you watch the Breaking Bad film that came out there last year? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, yeah I thought it was okay as well, but it was yeah, it was a bit weird. I mean, it felt like 
one of two films you know it felt like there was more to come I, I feel like if they're bringing back a film I think you have to like it felt like yeah it felt like just like a, like a double episode or something yeah it was like you need more of a story maybe they did that on purpose to leave it open so they make more money out of it or something but I was like this is the last time it's ever happened like nah that's uh that's not good enough for me but anyhow um actually there's a question in there from Paul Brown I'm gonna answer it fully on the Q&A but he asked like for the best submission and knockout in every division of the UFC which I think he's picked out the submissions for me but like I think you know if you said oh what's the best knockout let's just think quickly like what's the best knockout of flyweight uh, Demetrius Johnson against Joseph Benavidez really good like heavyweight well, first one comes to mind I know um Francis Singano versus Alistair Overeem like there's loads of submissions I think it's maybe it's just me because I maybe I prefer but I love submissions and I love the ground game as well but I uh, maybe I just prefer striking but like I wonder is it the same for everyone? You like think of what's the best submission in lightweight UFC history? If, if lightweight, yeah. Think like think about it. I don't know. The first one that comes to mind for me is Anthony Pettis versus Bene- um, the, with the armbar against Anthony Henderson, Henderson, where he yeah. jumped it. Yeah, um, no, no, really come to mind. Yeah, um, I think they're harder to remember the submissions. Even there's like, I think in women's uh, MMA it's a little bit different. You remember Ronda Rousey, she got all her submissions, and that one yeah. Misha Tate submitted Holly Holm was really good. And yeah, yeah, there's no real like you know kind of like you know jumping slam into armbar submissions like Demetrius Johnson or anything that yeah. like when something like that happens you remember it, but when it's just like a normal rear naked choke or a normal triangle. You you don't really or a guillotine you don't really remember it as as much as like a a, a really nice knockout or something. Mm-hmm. And plus, there's an an awful lot less of them now than there ever was. Like last year, I think there was only one title fight ended in uh, in a submission. So like the biggest fights in the world right now are not in ending in submission. Like you have the odd and the biggest one of all did end in submission, I suppose, with Habib versus McGregor. But a lot of the big ones aren't ending submission. It's actually funny because McGregor versus Diaz, the first one as well, that was what, that was the third biggest fight in, in history. That ended in submission. The second biggest fight in history, McGregor Diaz too, ended in a decision. So all the biggest fights ever not actually ended in a knockout. So that's a that's an interesting thing as well. But anyway, I suppose you sell the fights before it. But I think like it's weird. Like it's harder to get a highlight reel submission these days than it maybe it was before. Like Frank... Um, yeah, like, like a... a, a Mir, something yeah. like a Rio Chonin and mm-hmm. Anderson Silva and Pride. Like, it's just... That's just so crazy that, like, it's just not going to happen more than, like... That's, like, a equivalent of, some, like, a Showtime kick. Yeah. You know, uh, Anthony Pettis jumping off the cage, something like that. That's just going to happen, like, once in a lifetime or... You know, it's it's crazy. That kind of submission you remember, but yeah, the other ones you don't really remember them doing, unless it's like a dramatic one, like the, like the, obviously the Diaz McGregor one you mentioned, or mm-hmm. like even Habib's ones. Like they're, I don't know, they're just not that. They just don't have that excitement level, I suppose, of, of a knockout that people remember. To it's because it's inevitable, remember. isn't it? You know, like yeah. Poirier, he beat him into submission. McGregor near the end, he kind of beat him into submission. But not even that. That is a part of it, I think, as well. But even even other guys who were submission guys, like Demi and Maya, probably submitted. Like you know, a lot a lot of guys. But can you remember like specifically mm-hmm. like Rick Story? Okay, so we kind of that's memorable one. The neck crank that kind of burst his, his head like a pimple. Yeah, blood started coming out of his nose. But besides that, is there any other memorable ones, really? Like, the Chael Sonnen one, okay, yeah, maybe that's another one. Yeah, that's the first one the Cobbas pops out to me. But, yeah, Frank Mir yeah. against uh, against Big Nog, where he broke his shoulder off his fucking arm. That one is definitely memorable. Like, there's... Yeah, the, the Ronda Rousey ones are obviously very memorable. Yeah, maybe there is more memorable. Like, one of the most memorable ones for me that actually didn't end in the submission was uh, Vitor Belfort against John Jones, like, where he got him in the armbar. That was... That was one of the most shocking moments. Half. Yeah, the half a Brazilian half. Yeah, is that uh, xenophobic in there? But uh, <laughs> yeah, that that is, it's like submissions are brilliant when like the problem is we go back to the same thing again while i talk about all the time with jiu-jitsu is i think the level now of jiu-jitsu is so good that it's obviously a lot harder to win by submission but it's also a lot harder to do like a flying triangle against someone you know because yeah you're just not going to get caught you're just going to push him off and like not get caught in that or a twister like i was talking to paul brown about yesterday i was like there's only been two twisters in ufc history and we got jiu-jitsu people will tell you if you get caught in a twister you're probably shite (laughs) you know so it's the the big mad submissions are not happening as the level gets higher because it's people are better at jiu-jitsu better at defending jiu-jitsu and the effectiveness of the attacking jiu-jitsu isn't as effective because of the level of defense is so good and it's a lot easier to defend in jiu-jitsu than it is to attack so i don't know 
maybe it's just me being anti-jiu-jitsu but i just feel that way anyway but anyway there you go that's it another podcast in the books i actually i called you the carol baskin of irish MMA media at the start and i wasn't sure if you understood it or not but you obviously did because you've seen tiger king but um yeah that's it any, any more <laughs> I, do you know who i blame for liverpool uh not winning the league this year if they don't carol baskin it's fucking carol baskin's fault she's to blame for everything it's all her pandemic is her fault the whole lot there you go. <laughs> are you gonna uh, are you gonna watch WrestleMania tonight and tomorrow night? It's on two nights now. Oh, I didn't even know it was on. Um, oh yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Good. Myself and Jeremy Butter actually better. did a, a good podcast on it. It's up for free on Patreon. So if you go over to my Twitter there, you'll find it. If anyone's not listening, so yeah, it's probably gonna be shit. Empty arena. There you go. These things happen in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They certainly do. They certainly do. Right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll see you all next time. All that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week. Do you feel an extra responsibility to be Absolutely. extra inspirational uh, yeah. in uh, <laughs> these, these, these tough times? <laughs> I was actually talking to someone about my inspirational quote the other day. I actually came up with my own one. Hold on. I had one lined up there, but I'll actually go with my own one that I'd made up there. It was a stupid one that I tried to come up with myself, but I let's... Where is it? Let's go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second! Wait a second! You, you mean you don't come up with all these, all these quotes <laughs> by yourself? <laughs> shit! shit delete, delete. Let me edit that out. Wait. Of course I do. Yeah, I come up with all of them. I actually have a Twitter list for inspirational quotes. I have only like three Twitter lists, and I've mentioned two of them on this podcast. So, yeah, I ha- I have a Twitter list for inspirational quotes. But here's my self-made stupid inspirational quote of the week. <laughs> this is idiotic. The brightest bloom comes after the darkest night. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or probably Saturday.